Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well met, fellow adventurers. Here I am, once again in Hawklaw. Timed just going through the list of adventures. Adventures while I wait for the crumbling tower to... For, to spawn its ogre. The first one on the list is End of Your Rope. An overcast evening in early summer finds you relaxing in some familiar surroundings. Alright, I'm going to start this adventure. It can be scaled or normal. Hmm. If I do scaled, you get slightly more XP. If you do normaled, it's a lot easier. I'll do scout this time. Standing dust over your shoulder as you casually poke at the bed of glowing embers in the hearth, Pinipore, the stone bat's beloved tavern keeper, enthusiastically and somewhat unnecessarily, recounts a performance just given by the trickster. The old, grey-bearded man, who shrewdly barterwood Pinipore and outweigh with Pinipore, trading an hour's worth of his simple but entertaining tricks for a meal and two flagons of ale, was well received by the handful of patrons lingering about the tavern's common room on this overcast afternoon in early summer. Don't know which I like best, says Pinipore, turning to cast annoyed look at two, two men taking note of a small leak in the roof. His chair trick or his rope trip. Both were astonishing, of course. I've got to stop by. Hopes to pass away a day, grey day like this. Like to know the truth, Soup. Parted with a few more ales, if we park it harder. 
while fondly recalling the trickster's final act, where a swirling and looping length of rope seemed to take on a life of its own. You're startled to see the very rope in question coiled up in the far corner. Can you imagine him leaving that behind? Says Priplaw, who apparently is also dust taking notice of the rope. He only just left a few minutes ago. Perhaps you'll be kind enough to catch up with him. I'm sure I'd be glad to have it back. They'll be there waiting for you when you get back, mind. Not willing to turn down Pretty Paul's offer. Though you're determined to hold him to his word. You head over to snatch up the rope. Crossing the common room, you glance out through the half-open door and up to the slow-churning ceiling of green. Glance out through the half-open door and up at the slow-churning ceiling deep grey clouds. A cool breath of air slips into the tavern and washes up to meet you, leaving you hoping you can return the rope be back inside before the onset of the impending storm. As you approach the rope, the length of braided fires begins to twitch, eliciting a, gra- a gasp from Pinnipal, who immediately falls back several feet. Without further warning, the rope suddenly rises into the air and twists, twists its top end into a large loop. Then, moving with unnerving swiftness, the rope streaks towards you, manoeuvring to place the loop over your head. Okay, okay, this is bad. This is bad. Alright, so pick a number. Bonus of 40. 20 for agility, 10, 10 from body, 10 from luck. Gonna get 75 or more. Or it will try to, or it will strangle me quite a lot. Probably not to death because this game tends to avoid. There's, there's, I think there's pretty much only one fail this check and you instantly die thing in the entire game because they're not fun. <laughs> Nobody likes their. No one wants to say stop, stop, stop playing. Here, I'm gonna cast a die. If this not if, if if you don't if a number higher than this turns up, you gotta stop playing. That's not fun. So I'll probably just suffer a lot of damage instead. So, well, I, I don't know because of hundred. I got a success with hundred and thirty-nine. Twisting to the side and ducking down, you narrowly dodge the rope's attempts, attempt to cast its looped end over your head. You instinctively assume a defensive stance as the enchanted rope swiftly draws up in front of you, opposite. Its opposite end now lashing the air like a whip. With Pinapore and, and the other patrons standing back, you defiantly prepare to engage the floating menace alone. I'm fighting the trickster's rope. Begin combat. Now, I could... Now, you can slash up the rope, or you can subdue it. Now, the thing is, if I slash up this rope, I'll have a wizard angry at me. And you don't want to make wizards angry at you. It just tends to be something you want to avoid. You know, unless unless you have to fight them anyway. But if, if you can avoid 
having a wizard anger at you, you should probably avoid it. Because, you know, they could... They could turn all your bathwater into frog spawn. That'd be gross. Subdue. I'm just going to subdue this enemy. The enchanted rope savagely whips at you. I'm swinging my staff. Yeah, yeah this, this is a pretty tough one because... Ooh, brutal stroke for seven damage. Alright, I'm going to use the 20s. Alright, that's got to be somewhere. Enchanted rope savagely whips at you, and then a brutal stroke for 8 damage. Now, of course, I'm doing a lot less damage because I'm subduing it. You have subdued your foe. 27 experience. Now I can take this opportunity to heal. The enchanted rope falls into a neatly coiled heap at your feet. However, before you can lean down to examine the curious and deadly piece of rope, it suddenly stirs. You fall back and draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the cord rope rises in, into the air, breathing wildly, with the tavern's patrons and pillipore shouting their encouragement. You bravely hold your ground as the enchanted rope again assails you. I mean, how do you even fight a rope? I mean, if I wasn't concerned with subduing it, you just chop it into little pieces, but how would I fight it? Do I just, just, just bashing it? Just keep hitting it to be sensible, stupid rope. Alright, I'm going to... Hmm, I'm going to equip my mace for a little bit of extra stamina points. Of course, the raising, raising the MR doesn't do anything because this one is scaled. Alright, I shall subdue this rope also. Well, the, the same rope again. Okay, I think I'm taking... It's going down quicker now. It whips savagely. Yeah, yeah, it's got a lot... Definitely seems to have a lot less health this time. Brutal stroke for 9 damage, and it's subdued. 26 XP. Once again, the enchanted rope drops to the floor at your feet. This time, however, the rope does not call itself. Instead, it continues to weave about wildly. Until... You fall back and draw yourself into a combat-ready stance. As the cord rope rises into the air, breathing wildly, with the tavern patrons and Piplor shouting their encouragement, you bravely hold your ground as the enchanted rope again assails you. So, you can are now bravely fighting the trickster's rope. Now it is scaled to just 8 plus, so it's a lot easier to fight. It's got, so it's got easier to hit. And it does less damage. It's easy peasy now. Alright, it keeps savagely whipping at me. It is perhaps slightly half-hearted about it. Well, if, if ropes had hearts, but they don't. Honestly, you, 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 you should have cast... You should have took more care when you cast that spells on that rope. I mean, is the rope angry? 
Does it not like being having to cast, having to do silly magic tricks? But it would just much rather be fighting crime or committing crime. Hmm. Honestly, it, it's magic. Magic doesn't have to make sense. Well, it probably should make a bit of sense because otherwise there are no narrative stakes. But sometimes it can just do odd things. You know what I mean, if you have if you have a if you have a Serpa novel where magic can do anything at any time, then then the plot becomes arbitrary. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. The the guy's just going to cast a to cast us another spell, and the whip. It's just, it's just, it just becomes arbitrary. <laughs> you know, where the bad guy wizard can conjure a million zombies, but then the good guy wizard can turn what the million zombies into bunny rabbits. Okay, that's cool, but you you don't feel you don't, you don't feel any sense of threat. Or you know the, the guy, or that the good guy wizard won by you know his own efforts. Just the author arbitrarily decided that he won. <laughs> yes. All right. It's subdued now. Another 27 experience. The enchanted moat rope falls to the floor at your feet. Not taking any chances, you immediately deal the tattered rope another blow. Now, if you at any point fight this rope and don't do a subdue, you get the same result as if you did, did as if you chopped it up right from the first combat. So, you might as if you're going to subdue, you got to keep subduing. For several moments, the rope remained lotionless until you fall back and draw yourself into a combat-ready stance as the coiled rope rises into the air, weaving wildly. With the tavern patrons and Pippa shouting their encouragement, you bravely hold your ground as the enchanted rope again assails you. Begin combat with Trickster's rope. Once more, I'm subduing this rope as it savagely whips at you. Now, you silly old rope, thou dost stay down. Ooh, I did a special attack for 14 damage, along with 6 from my regular attack, so that's good. It's nearly down, nearly down, and it's subdued. But is it going to say subdued? Oh, looks like it. Fit 25. 25 XP and 128 experience to general. You step back and watch with a mix of amazement and alarm as the enchanted rope again swiftly curls itself into a neat heap. Through still twitching slightly, the rope shows no further signs of any imminent aggression. Okay now, rope, uh, behave. Bad rope. I'm going to spray you with a bottle of water. I don't know if sprays exist in the medieval period. Maybe I'll just splash you. After several dense moment, tense moments have passed, you conclude that the deadly, tattered strand is at last finished. Are you all right? That's Pillipaw, suddenly appearing on your side. Don't go near that again. Just leave it here and we'll... Suddenly... 
The tavern door flies open and the trickster, his long blade beard and fanciful attire, soaked by the steadily, steady way now falling, steps into the tavern, wiping the water from his face as he curses the turn in the weather. Hmm, okay, long grey beard, yep, 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 yep. Yep, I mean, you can usually tell the more wizardy a wizard is, the bigger the beard. It's just the rules. I mean, if you see a wizard, you see a wizard with no beard at all, you'd be like, are you really a wizard? You're not really a wizard, are you? I mean, if you were a wizard, you'd have a beard. Of course, that, that does... Does it does have a sort of sexist connotation because the overwhelming majority of women can't grow beards. But I guess maybe that's just a side effect of magic that they'll just grow beards anyway. Because I mean, it's magic. It doesn't have to have to make. It doesn't have to make to obey the normal rules. It's just that, maybe it's just a wall. The more magic you have, the bigger your beard becomes. I have a lot of, I have a lot of magic. I have 11 spears of magic. So I must have a huge beard. Before either you or Pinball can say anything about the rope, which, thankfully, remains cold on the floor at your feet, the old man washes over to where you stand. Ineffectively pushing you aside, the trickster scoops up the somewhat frayed but otherwise intact rope and cradles it gently in his arms. After just a few moments, however, his eyes narrow and he casts an accusatory glaze at you and Piplo. To think of it, he spats. I leave behind something of mine for mere moments and this is what comes of it. All within the sound of my voice. I'm very lucky nothing worse has happened to my rope. No, dear Pilipor, there will be many a day ere I return to this wretched den of rogues. The trickster, still cradling his precious rope, Announces a curse on all present and promptly storms out the tap. What? What? I didn't. I didn't break your rope. Why are you still cursing me? I don't want a curse. Oh, great. Now I have another curse on me. Well, do I have any other? Do I have any curses before? Probably. Well, was that curse that Hag put on me just a bit back? Yeah, maybe they. Maybe they balance out. Not bothering to close the door behind him, the few lingering patrons seem to bear no mind to his toothless threat. Oh, oh, okay. They think it's toothless, then no, I guess so. And quickly return to their previous affairs. Less than a minute after his blustery departure, the din of the stoneback's common womb again settles into the low, soothing rumour. Murmur of friendly conversation. Well, I didn't just come, come to it. That much we know for sure, says Pretty Poor, shaking his head as he moves over to close the door left open by the departing trickster. I must stay, Zozoop. 
I don't think I'll ever look at another piece of rope quite the same way again. As you retake your seat at the table closest to the hearth, Pilipor seats himself down opposite you, his large hand surrounding a steaming mug of Palo. He raises the mug and nods, saluting you with a simple gesture, before gingerly slipping out the flavourable fruit brew that fills the vessel. You're about to inquire about the ale you were promised, thinking you've earned at least that much for your tussle with the enchanted rope. Before you've spoken a single word, P- Pilipor waves his hand and the young lad hurries over with a frothing flagon of the tavern's best. The tavern keep nods at you and winks. Might just help to ward away the chill of a rainy day, he mutters, glancing at the door. A rainy, rotten day. It's almost over, though. There's always a chance we'll see the sun tomorrow. And that finishes this adventure for 128 experience to general. Okay, now I'm going to save. Because there's a lot of options in the next adventure that I'm doing. Ooh. Ooh, pretty... Put it Paul's request. Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. Uh, oh, I don't, don't, didn't think this one took it here. I'm going to have to update the wiki with that. Ah, uh, no, I've, I've already done it earlier. Me or someone else. I think it was me. All right. Put it Paul's request. Put it Paul's unexpected request catches you completely off guard. Alright, we'll start this adventure then. And so begins Pulipor's request. A late, a frigid, late autumn wind rattles the tavern's shattered windows. Through above the boisterous din that fills the stone back, it is only dust barely noticeable. Pulipor, his arms laden with firewood, strides past the table at which you've taken up residence pausing to say he has something to discuss with you. I'll be back in a moment, he says. Don't go wandering away, Dust, yet. As the cat tavern keep bustles off towards the fireplace with an arm load of fuel, you turn your, t- your attention to the vessel wailing, resting before you on the edge of the table. A vessel filled with alio, with ale or paleo, which could it be? I'm going for paleo. You've taken only a couple of sips of your paleo when the, when the tavern keeper peers out of the throng of patrons and seats himself at the otherwise empty table. How's the brew? he asks, nodding at your steaming vessel. I didn't make it, but I had just a bit of it earlier. Seems strong. Maybe a bit better. But that's how I like it. I won't stand for poor paleo. Before you can respond to his inquiry... Pinapore smiles and slaps the edge of the table. Now, nothing about that. I've got something a bit more important to discuss with you. Pinapore, seemingly hesitant to begin, folds his hands behind his head and leans back in his chair. Then he suddenly unfolds them, places them on the table, his fingers begin drumming out a frantic, scattered beat. You see, I have a sort of favour I wish to ask you. 
Pillipore clears his float. Glances. Glances, glances around, then leans in across the table as if he fears being overheard. It's about this old place, the tavern, he says. Or perhaps more to the point, about something here in the tavern. Something very near and dear to me. But something about which something must be done. So I have a few options, because he seems to be taking a bit of a while to get to a point. So I could just listen politely. I could continue to listen politely, that is. Tell Pritipur to get to the point, or reassure Pritipur. I'll continue to listen politely. Pritipur continues to prattle, though he seemingly never gets close to saying what he attempted to tell you. You get the sense he's waiting for you to say something, but you're not certain what that something might be, so I could tell him to get to the point. Well, reassure him. I mean, whatever he's asking, whatever he wants to ask me of, I'll Unless it's something unless it's something illegal or impossible, I'll probably do it. Reassure Pinapore. Yes, of course you're right, he says, nodding. After after listening to you tell him he doesn't have to be afraid to say what he wishes to. Thank you, Soup. You're a good friend. You set my mind at ease about it. Pinapore sighs and seems to relax. It's just not an easy thing for me to say, he says. But it need to be needs to be said. I can't feel saying it. Fear saying it. All right, I'll say it. Yes, I'm ready to say it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, here. I'll just, just say it. I was wondering... I was wondering, being the kind-hearted man of means that you are, and you never convinced me otherwise... You, you would do me a great favour, and even greater honour of henceforth looking after, and seeing needs to attend to the needs of a dear soul very questioning. But those time within these walls must at last, out of great necessity, be made short. Short as possible. You certainly feel something brush up against your leg, glancing down. You spot candles, Pilipor's scrawny, scrawny, beloved feline, wrapping her long tail around the calf. Candles meows twice, and rubs her head against the side of your foot. You look up, knock eyes with Pilipor. The tavern key nods. In that instance, you realise you've just been asked, in a very roundabout way, to adopt his cat. <gasps> Pulipor's unexpected request now deciphers has caught you entire completely off guard, with the subject of his entreaty still moving about your feet, now and again rubbing her head against your leg. The tavern keep the tavern keep looks at you unexpectedly. I only say she's become somewhat of a nuisance about this old place. Yeah, yeah, she, I mean she was, you know, which she tried to kill me back when I was tiny. That was a bit of a nuisance. Only a bit, though. She shares shaking his head and closing his eyes. The admission pains him. Nipping patrons, nipping patrons, snatching at their belongings, and any number of other undesirable sorts of things. She needs peace and quiet. Some place she can woe and explore 
without folk tripping over her, cursing at her. Philippor places his hands flat on the table and sighs. I don't know what else you've got roaming the halls of Great Ledge House, he says. But a winter major, you haven't haven't a noble beast like Candles. What do you say to it, my friend? Could you see to giving old Candles the home she deserves? She and I would be forever in your debt. Now, I can, I can agree to adopt Candles. I could theoretically politely decline, but no, I'm not. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to adopt Candles. I mean, I mean, can't, can't leave. I mean, Pippa is my friend, and Candles is also my friend. With that one exception of that time she tried to eat me, but you, you know what? A lot of people, a lot of things try to eat me. And I can't, I can't, I can't, if I go, if we go, if I go around holding a grudge against everything that tries to eat me, I'll never get anything done. So, yep, adopt candles. Pulipore exhales loudly and slumps back in his chair when you tell him that you will gladly adopt his beloved cat. Now, is she somehow aware of what has just taken place? Candles leaps into your lap, curls up into a ball, and purling audibly, proceeds to fall asleep. A great weight off my mind, says Pudivore, smiling. I'm going to miss the old girl, but she deserves this. Can't thank you enough, my friend. You've made me and Candles very, very happy. Come, let's make the proper arrangements. Crading Candles in your arms. Pet, pet. You follow Pudipore into a room at the back of the cavern. There, there she directs you to a wooden cage set upon a cluttered table. He tells you he has the cage built specifically for holding candles, who has never before had a reason to make use of it. That should suffice for your journey to your new home, she says, affectionately rubbing candles' seek, sleek sender face. I wish you both nothing but the best. If I'm to be any sort of mark, I'm sure Candles will soon cast a spell on you too, my friend. She's quite the cat. Make no mistake about it. As you prepare to set out, set out Candles curled, curled up atop the crumpled stock sack inside the wooden gate. Pudibur again thanks you, tells you he's in your debt. Well, more in my debt, because I mean you you are you're still in the in in my debt for the, the times I saved the village, and the times I rescued those two boys, and and that that time you got you got me shrunk and almost killed. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm not I'm not gonna keep count of all this. Goodbye, my friend," says Pretty Poor. Smiling kindly as he reaches through the wooden bars of the cave and strokes the top of Candle's head. Behave yourself. Keep well. You briefly place the cage on the floor so that you can meet the tavern keeping a shoulder cross before making your way out of the stone bag, eager to transport your adopted pet to her new home. Stepping away from the tavern, you turn and look back. There, standing in the doorway, his eyes glistening 
in the pale glow of the autumn sun is Prillipore. He waves, steps back, and slowly closes the door. Kendall's meows, turns once, and slinks back into the comfortable cloth heap at the bottom of her cage. And that Candles will now be present at Great Ledge House. That finishes this adventure with, with British 16 experience to general. I guess it is time to go to Great Ledge House, which is in the Stone Hills in northwest Tulsa, and check up on Candles. Ah! Candles lies curled up here, resting peacefully. Right, just going to keep Candles dashes through, chasing something. Okay, looking at the storage room. Yeah, so sometimes when you visit your residence, you get to see Candles. Of course, as a cat, he's doing his own thing. Because that's what cats are like. They do their own thing. Okay. Bye-bye, Candles. Back to Hawklaw. I will see you soon, Candles. Okay. Let's see. On to the... I shall save once again. Okay. Now, on to the next adventure, which is called On the Road to Hawklaw. The young man lifts the worn flap and reveals the contents of the leather satchel, a stoppered vial and a small wooden box. Something about the close proximity of these curious objects serves to set your every nerve on edge. Start this adventure. This can be normal or scaled. I'm going to go for normal. A breezy, warm afternoon during the waning days of summer. One of the more frequently travelled forest roads leading towards Hawklaw on the south. The young man, whose demeanour suggests he's only just noticed you approaching from the opposite direction, stops, gently sets down a worn, worn leather satchel and endeavours in vain to straighten his dusty, road-worn attire. Having completed what bears all the markings of a well-practised ritual, he picks up the, bat the satchel and slings it over his shoulder before hailing you with a wave. The countless lonely paths that wave their way through the wilds of the North Broadlands are places in which travellers are best served by an abundance of caution. It is with such wary mindset that you encroach upon the young man, furtively surveying the immediate area, before returning his friendly gesture with a few words of greeting. Well met, he says, tipping the brim of a grimy, grimy cloth cap perched atop a tangled nest of sandy hair. Have you come from Hawklaw? Is it much further? When you tell him that Corklaw is just a couple of miles along the road, his face his face brightens. Been going a long while since my last proper stop, he says, looking back along the broad, well-worn lane. They've been in, I hope. I've got food such as it is. 
but I'll trade anything for a place to set myself down good and proper. Well, I wouldn't trade everything. I'll trade everything. I wouldn't trade everything, but almost everything. The old man gently pats his satchel hanging at his side and tells you he's delivering its contents to his master, a maid by the name of Yuloathun in Trithic. I'm certain as to, his, as to why he chose to reveal so much to someone he's just met. You content yourself to listen as he continues to speak. And to meet this. To meet the stage in Hawklaw and take it to Trithic, he says, still patting the side of his satchel. I hope the wider ball the coach isn't as jolting as I might dare to imagine. What's in this bag can't sound all too many bumps and jolts. It's partly the reason I've been moving along moving along on foot. Ever since I got off my got off the last coach, somewhere south. A little village called Turnwalk. They're beginning to wonder just how long the young man will continue to talk, and how much about his affairs he may ultimately reveal, when he suddenly bows and introduces himself as Pen as Penmurn Trukan, apprentice to your Arthurian of Seer. You are, you appreciate uh, the introduction and he bows. Have you heard of the Laughing? No. He's a great great mage. Perhaps among the best our age has ever known, he says, beaming, unable to disguise the admiration he holds for his master. In fact, I'm carrying the two, com- two components for one of his latest experiments to him. That's what's in the bag. It's very unpredictable. Highly volatile. But all is well as long as the components don't mix with each other. As Pudifon continues to talk, babbling on about Babbling on at what quickly becomes a dizzying clip, you begin to realise he's desperately waiting for you to inquire about the magical components to which he's more than once deluded. So I've got a few options here. I can ask him about the components he's carrying, tell him he should be more wary of strangers, because I mean, I mean, I could have been a bandit and I could have just took those items and Tried to sell them back to your, your, your slan or, or a rival mage, or done something, or just bid him farewell and be on my way. Now that um, the third one will just end the quest with the smallest rewards. Not to do that. Tell him he should be more wary of strangers. Your words of warning. Do you believe? Delivered in what you hope comes across in a long, insulting manner, seems to resonate with Pufflum. The young mage's apprentice nods and tells you he should be a, perhaps be more selective about what he says, with whom he shares it, believing you've done your bit of good and hoping it will serve him well as he continues in travel. You sense he is, senses he is waiting for you to inquire about the magical component he's carrying. Okay, I'll ask. A satisfied smile spreads upon Pethon's face. The young man promptly repeats what that he's carrying. Two components for one of the master's latest magical experiments. He tells you the first component is an extremely volatile potion. And the second is a box containing four sunken, shrunken armoured scavengers. The 
potion contains a powerful essence of growth, he says with unmistakable pride. It will, if the upcoming experiment goes well, return the four beetles to their rightful size. I'm certain we won't be performing, performing the experiment indoors. Really work on the shrunk beetles, nothing else. Oh, pity. Well, I guess, I guess, yeah. Honestly, which makes him, this makes this mage more responsible than 99% of people who have ever made a growth potion. Probably 99.9%, you know, in, in fiction. No, no one has ever made one in real life because they break, like, so much laws of physics. But care must still be taken. Curiosity now sufficiently piqued, you ask. You ask Prefum if you can have a look at your components. Without hesitation, he nods and steps closer, his hand moving closer to the flap of his leather satchel. You watch as he struggles with a pair of thick straps that hold fast the satchel's flap. After repeatedly changing tactics, he manages to loosen the strap sufficiently, allowing him to open the bag. The young man lifts, lifts the worn flap and reveals the contents of the leather satchel. A stoppered box, filled to the top with a cloudy blue liquid, and a small wooden box. You can hear something scuttling about inside the closed box. Something about the close proximity of the curious objects. Items which Prefum indicated should not mix with one another serves to set your every nerve on edge. It's that precise moment as your eyes dart back and forth between the vial and the box that you notice the crack. Oh dear. Now that's, that's bad news. When you make mention of the thin crack running down one side of the bar, Plifum gasps and all but plunges his head into the satchel for a closer look. He curses, quickly apologising for the outputs, and looks up at you, his face suddenly in action. That bottle breaks. Forget that mixture leaks out, it'll be... A sharp splintering sound suddenly wings out, and the two of you instantly lock your horrified gazes onto the veil. A second, more pronounced crack has disappeared right next to the first. You know what? He probably made it worse with all that shaking about he did when he opened it. Open, tried to open this, opening his satchel. Hmm. Every indication is the vial will immediately shatter. You every every instinct tells you that either the bottle bottle or the wooden box must be immediately secured so i've got a few op options here i can use conjuration to just have an item appear but don't conjure items disappear eventually well conjured equipment does but maybe regular stuff stays around I'm not, not sure, not sure. That might not actually be safe because if you put if you put a if you put the potion in a conjured thing and then the conjured thing unconjures, 
that then then the potion will get on the beetles and the beetles will turn to their full size and they'll eat some people. Probably probably true Khan amongst them. So you can also use restoration on the on the glass and fix it. I could just remove the wooden box or remove the cracked vial. Now, each each of these lead to a different... Oh, also, I could just step away. Now, there's a lot... Each... So, they all, these, these all lead to different results. Well, there's a few different results they lead to. What happened? All right, I'm just going to... I'm going to act in a break from tradition because this has... Because the options in this are completely different. I'm going to run through all of them. From the bottom. Step away. With no desire to further complicate an already dangerous situation. You quickly step away from Pfefferman. As the young man stares down at the, at the open satchel. With a horrified look on his face. Suddenly... A sharp, splintering sound rises into the air. The vial has shattered. In the next instance, a shrill hiss erupts out of the open back as the plumes of blue smoke billow into the air. Pediform drops the satchel and shaggers back. His hands, waving wildly in a desperate attempt to clear away the thick, pungent smoke. As four large armor shapes begin, begin to appear within the pearl of blue vapor, who instinctively rush to the young man's side. Pelophon shrieks in terror and falls back as the first of the dark shapes emerge from the dissipating cloud, cloud of blue smoke. A massive armored scavenger. Well, the experiment worked. The potion touched the armor scavengers, and they returned to their full size. Easily the size of a bear scuttles out of, out of the churning blue vapor and stares at you. Or do the young man to stay behind you. You boldly hold your ground against the giant beetle. Begin combat. Unfortunately, my only option is to slay it, because... You can't really, and we can't, we can't subdue it, and we can't shrink it down again, because neither of us are master mages of swinkology. So I'll just fight it aggressively. The massive beetle thrusts its deadly horn at you, keeps thrusting, and I keep bashing, and it is slain. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Pelfman. That they're not supposed to grow to that size. Screams Prefum as the second of the four massive armored scavengers rushes out of the smoke and attacks. Its form thrusting wildly into the air. They're only supposed to return to their normal size. It's another massive armored scavenger. Massive beetle thrusts its deadly horn at you. Bash, 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 bash. Fortunately, I am quite skilled with fighting giant beetles. 
Because, I mean, you haven't been there uh, eventually, that far would have shattered. And you had just been walking along, going... And then, ah, there's giant beetles! Oh, bugger. And now I am dead! Shouting for a preference to stay back. You move forward and meet the third of the giant armoured scavengers, just as the last wisp of blue smoke scatter away from the breeze. Begin combat. The massive beetle thrusts its deadly horn at you. It savagely gores me for 17 damage. Ugh, apparently they're bigger than they should be. Another 38 XP. The last of the massive grey-stoned beetles charges you and attacks, its horn nearly running you through as you narrowly dodge the first of its deadly thrusts. Begin combat. Root savagely gored for 14 damage as it thrusts its deadly horn. Do-do-do-do-do. Savage gored again, and it is slain. 38 experience for the fourth time. The oozing remains of the giant armoured scavengers lie strewn about the world. Pilifram stares in dim, grim disbelief at the grim result of your handiwork as he picks a pearful path from the carcasses of the slain beetles. Well... That's about all there is there is to that, he says, managing to smile. You saved my life, Soup. Perhaps it would have been better if those things had gotten me. What's left for me now? How could I show up empty-handed in Twithick? Yoffron will be done with me. There are many others clamouring to become his apprentice. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. Unmistakenly forlorn, the young man strolls over to where the empty satchel rests on the road and picks it up. He turns the bag over several times before casting it aside and sighing, OK, I'm not liking this timeline, not liking it at all. Not going to to explain my way out of this one, he says. I could almost bring myself to try. There's no point in it. I failed. Completely failed. Ruin! Pelleform walks to the edge of the road and sits down with his back against the trunk of a leaning tree. He draws up to his knees, wraps his arms around them and buries his head. Even from where you stand, you can hear his muffled cries. For you have little patience for his somewhat theatrical display of self-pity. You can't help but feel the slightest bit of sympathy for the young mage's apprentice given the seemingly dire circumstances in which he finds himself hopelessly stuck. Although they are quite largely his own fault. I mean, they probably should have put that potion in a better bottle. Or maybe, and probably put that bottle in... In some sort of leather thing, you know, so 
you know, have a couple of layers, have fail safes. Maybe not. Maybe not a glass bottle because glass can shatter. Maybe, maybe something metal. Metal would work because metal. If you if metal metal get if you bolt metal and it gets deformed, it still works. But yeah, you know, it's all leather. You can, or you know, just carefully leather, maybe some sort of. Well, there's other things. Other things. I probably wouldn't put some. I probably wouldn't put some some liquid thing that I'm travelling over bumpy roads for a long distance in a glass bottle. Not unless I had a lot of padding. A lot, a lot of padding. But you can't have a lot of padding because he's, he's carrying it himself. I would put it in something else, that potion. Door. I mean, this is a magic world, so there's, there's plenty of options. Despite the fact that his own carelessness would ultimately led to the unfortunate events that unfolded here, you wonder if there's a course of action that you might be able to suggest to him. So, I know three options. Suggest he tell you from the truth. Suggest he tell you from he was robbed. We'll just leave him to figure it out on his own. I'm going to have to suggest he tell the truth. Because amongst other things, that mage might know divination. And, will put, and may well be able to figure out if he was lying anyway. Your suggestion seems to resonate with Puffin. The old mage nods as you tell him that your firm is almost certain to count honesty among the traits he desires in a suitable apprentice. After a brief discussion, Perform tells you he will indeed tell, tell his master the truth about Wapentia, including the fact that his own carelessness led to the mishap that brought about the loss of the magical components, mishap that very nearly turned deadly. Thank you for your counsel, he says. I appreciate anything... Appreciate appreciate everything more than I can say. Pritham steps forward, meets you on the shoulder cross, and thanks you for saving his life. He tells you that despite the unfortunate events that unfolded here, and the daunting task that lies ahead, he's grateful the incident didn't turn out worse. He also says he's still eager to reach Hawklaw, and spend just a just a small while resting from the road. You again wish the young wish the young maid's apprentice well in his journey to Twithick. He thanks you repeatedly before echoing the sediment. Then, without further delay, you bid each other farewell and set off in opposite directions. After covering less than a hundred yards, you turn and glance glance back along the road, just in time to catch a final glimpse of a lone traveller as he rounds a distant bend and is quickly lost to sight. That finishes this adventure, well, this time, but I am going to play it again and see what happens if I choose the other options. I'm just going to pause until we get to that choice. All right, I got to the choice. 
It went very quickly when you weren't actually reading the stuff. So, I've tried stepping away, moving up to remove the crackered vial. Without a second thought, you shoot your hand into the satchel and gently gasp the cracked vial. While, while drawing your hand back out of the bag, a sharp splintering sound rises into the air as a third crack runs down the side of the vial. Pick a number. Bonus of 30. 20 for agility. 10 from luck. Need a bonus. Need a 75 or more. Or some. Or presumably I'll have my hand all cut up. Maybe more. Success. Before you can draw the cracked vial out of the satchel, a sharp splintering sound rises, it rises into the air as the vial suddenly shatters. The sharp, jagged fragments of the exploding bottle tear into your hand. You have lost seven standard points. Realising now it's too late to prevent the inevitable, you swiftly withdraw your bloodied hand from the back and retreat to the edge of the road. In the next instance, a shrill hiss erupts out of the open bag as the plumes of blue smoke bellow into the air. Pritham drops the satchel and staggers back, his hands waving wildly in a desperate attempt to clear away the thick, pungent smoke. A large, as large, dark, ominous shapes begin to appear within the pool of blue vapour, you instinctively rush to the young man's side. And that was when I succeeded. Don't know what would happen if we fell. I, I do, actually. But you don't. Yeah, um, now we're back to fighting these armoured scavengers. Okay. Oh, oh, you can't you can't quit when there's a combat on the screen. I think that's just a wall. It's just a wall they have, presumably, so you don't. So, really, so you don't just take advantage in some way. Okay, I'm just now. I wonder what will happen if you fail that check. Well, I'm just going to keep playing and doing that check again until we get the fail result. Oh, I found out what happens if you fail. You die. You die so quickly that I can't even read this, read the text that describes what happens when you die. Which is a pity, because I would like to read it. But that's just, that's just how it goes. Okay, well, now, now I'm going to... I've okay. Grabbing for the shattering sharp glass bottle that's going to break into sharp fragments. Not a good idea. I'm going to try the other options once we get to them again. Now I'm going to remove the wooden box. Without a second thought, you shoot your hand into the satchel and grasp the wooden box. While drawing your hand out of the bag, a sharp splintering sound rises into the air as a third crack runs down the side of the vial. Now the only question is, can I get the box out of there in time? 
Pick a number. Bonus of 30. 20 from agility, 10 from luck. Need 75 or more to get those to get those beetles out out of the way before they become ginormous. And if they become ginormous, I'll have to fight them. Failure. Before you can draw your wooden box out the satchel, a sharp splintering sound rises into the air. The vial has shattered. Realising it's now too late to attempt to prevent the inevitable, you drop the box back into the bag and retreat to the edge of the road. In the next instance, a shrill hiss erupts out the open bag as the plumes of blue smoke billow into the air. Pritifrin drops the satchel and staggers back, his hands waving wildly in a desperate attempt to clear the thick, pungent smoke as large, onomous shapes begin to appear within the power of blue vapour. You instinctively rush to the young man's side. Well, we've seen what happens next. Okay. Pause. I'm going to see what happens as we pass that check. Alright, we've now passed that check. A split second after you draw the wooden box out of the satchel, a sharp, splintering sound rises into air. The vial is shattered. In the next instance, a, a shrill hiss erupts out of the open bag as plumes of blue smoke billow into the air. Pritifrin drops the satchel and staggers back, his hands waving, waving wildly in a desperate attempt to clear away the thick, pungent smoke. You swiftly retreat from the expanding cloud. Realising you must not allow it to make contact with the wooden box now clutched in your hand. Nearly a few full minute later, when the pile of smoke has completely dissipated, Brithun collects his satchel, discards the shards of the broken vial, and moves over to you. Brithun arrives at your side, and you hand him the wooden box. He briefly opens it revealing the four miniature armoured scavengers scuttling about with it before stepping its clothes and its lid. Clapping closed its lid and placing the container in the box. Hello! Hello, I like you more when you're tiny because you're not trying to eat me. No, this would have come to pass if I just put the box in my pocket. Pocket in the first place, he says, frowning and shaking his head. For several moments, he remains silent. Well, that's about all there is to that, he says, managing a smile. You probably saved my life, Soup. But perhaps it would have been better if something had happened to me. What's left for me now? How can I show up empty-handed and terrific? I've still got the Beatles, but they're hardly as important as the potion. You thought it would be done with me. There are many others clamouring to become his apprentice. I'm finished. Unmistakably before forlorn, the young man turns his eyes skyward and sighs. Not going to be able to explain my way out of this one, he says. I could never, I could almost bring myself to try. There's no point in it. I failed. Completely failed. Ruin. No, no, no. You've only almost completely failed. Almost completely failed. 
you got teeny, teeny bit of success. Teeny bit of success. <laughs> okay, and this is, this is, this is back to the sad prefer of it. Alright, well, since I'm here, I might as well see what happens if I suggest you tell Prefem he was robbed. At first, Prefem seems hesitant to entertain your notion. So, however, he seems to come round, come round to the idea of bearing the loss of potion of being robbed by a band of highwaymen. Your suggest just squeeze his conscience. They might be best served by giving you from a true account of what happened, but he quickly dismisses, misses the notion. He tells you that the offering would more likely be more forgiving if something other than his own mishandling of the task led to the loss of the potion. I've got a long while yet before I reach Twithick to come up with a believable story. I'd rather not have to deceive Master Yorfran, but think it's for the best, just this once. Pilifan steps forward, meets you on his shoulder clock, and thanks you for your help. Okay, and then it ends. It ends like it all, and it ends like the previous ones. Okay, so hmm. Now, 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 now I've I've gone from abrupt failure, super duper failure, mostly failure. Now. It is time to succeed. Now I'm going to load up this adventure again. On the road to Hawklaw. Just rush. Rush through all the things. Meet the guy. You can show the components. There's a crack. Now. I've done the bottom three options. Now the ones that actually require use of other powers and are thus presumably the better options because they're more difficult. And that's usually how things work. The more difficult something is, the better the results. So I'm going to use restoration. Call upon my power of restoration. It succeeded. 8xp to restoration. You hurriedly channel your power of restoration and focus it on the cracked vial resting at the bottom of the satchel. First, nothing appears to happen. Then slowly, the cracks in the vial begin to fade until, after just a few moments, no trace of them remains. Pritham, having witnessed your remarkable display of magical prowess, Gasps and shakes his head in utter astonishment. You might just wild master Yorfram, says Pethram, apparently still astonished by the magical mastery you've just displayed. That's beyond most anything I've seen in a long time. You're truly a master. Well done. When you tell Pethram that it might prove wise to acquire another bag in Hawklaw, in which to carry you for the potion... All the box of shrunken armoured scavengers. The young man is quick to agree. And also padding. Padding around the bottle. Lots and lots of padding. 
lots of it. Lots and lots. Just wrap it around with lots and lots of fabric. Ugh. Keep wrapping it round, but, 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 but be careful. Don't wrap it too tight. Or maybe put it in in some, mm, uh, uh, padding, and then put it then put then put it in a box so you can't squish it. You pad it, then put it in a solid box. And then put the box in a bag with even more padding. Yeah, so then I then I think that that bottle will be safe. At the very very least, even if it does shatter, you might be able to squeeze it out of all the fabric. Thank you, Soup. Soup, he says, you can't possibly know the dilemma you've spared me. Thank you. Actually, I do know it because I've seen what happens. 32 experience to restoration. With the magical components once again secure inside the leather satchel, Prefum, whom you hope is in possession of renewed respect for that which has been placed in his charge, tells you he should be on his way. He indicates he is eager to reach Hawklaw and west from the road. You again wish the young maid to praise as well on his journey to Twithic. He thanks you repeatedly before echoing sentiment. Then, without further delay, Lay, you continue south while Prolifer moves off, heading north. Yep, and that, that's the end of that. But there's one more option I haven't tried yet. What happens... If I use conjuration, all right, starting the adventure for one last time, and this will be the last time I do it because then then I'll have seen pretty much everything. I mean, I mean, if you you can fail the skill power the power checks, but that just that just forces you to. To go for the bottom three worse options. Yep. There's the crack. Now, use conjuration. It succeeded. 8x speed conjuration. You swiftly channel your power of conjuration. You every thought trained on the task at hand. A split second later, you suddenly become aware that you're clutching something solid in your left hand. You examine the conjured object around which your fingers are tightly closed and discover, much to your astonishment, that it is a sturdy vial, equal in size to the cracked vessel at the bottom of the satchel. Pritham, having witnessed your remarkable display of magical powers, Gasman looks on with wide eyes as you prepare to reach for the damaged vial. As quickly and carefully as you can, you reach into the satchel and take hold of the cracked vial. Wait a minute. I can take hold of the vial now? Last time I tried to take hold of the vial, I didn't have time. But now I do? Hmm. Well, I, I, I guess I guess having another vial near handy gave the vial moral support or something. 
Then, with precise measured movements, you draw the damaged vial out of the bag and instruct. Instruct Prafir to unstop it. The young apprentice, his hands trembling, does as you ask, then watches with bated breath as you carefully begin pouring the blue potion into the newly conjured vessel. After several tense moments, the transfer is complete. Pretham steps in and stoppers the vial, securing the volatile mixture in its new container. You might just rival Master Yulabon, says Pretham, apparently still astonished at the magical mastery you've just displayed. That, that, was, the, that was beyond most anything I've seen in a long time. You truly are a master. Well done. Actually, in conjuration, I'm only... In conjuration, I'm only adept. I'll have to get one more... I'll have to get one more level to become a master. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, you know what that means. When you tell Prithorm, it might be wise to acquire another bag in Hawklaw which to carry either the potion or the box of shrunken arbored scavengers. The man is quick to quit. Thank you, Soup. You can't possibly know the dilemma you spared me. Thank you. 32 experience to conjuration. That's probably one of the few times you can get experience to conjuration. Because it's not compared... I think it's probably the least used power... I mean, fortification checks happen all the time. I mean, even... Yeah, all, I think, yeah, all of them get used way more than Conjuration. I guess, I guess, someone could probably listen to every episode and just make a tally of every time powers are used and just, you know, make a make a table of Number of times they're used. Well, that would take a long time, but it might be a fun project to do. To do, you know, do so, so you be on alert. Oh, oh, okay. oh, 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 elementalism, fortification, chatomatic. Okay, yep, add that to the tally. Do that. Maybe project you could do, maybe. Okay. The magical components once again secure in his leather satchel, Prithen. He opens respect. Hope is in possession of renewed respect for that which has been placed in his charge. Tells you he should be on his way. He indicates he's eager to reach Hawklaw and west from the world. And it continues and it ends like it does all the other times. And then I get 256 experience to general. And finish the quest. And that is quite enough for now. Because we've passed. We've passed well over an hour. So I guess next time. Next time we'll. Well no no. No, no, no point going to the proving grounds. We've already done all of those. Well. All of the first type of proving ground adventures anyway. There is a second type of proving ground adventure that's just been started off, but that's that's a lot lot further in the game. 
So the next adventure, I guess, let's see. I guess we could do Red Warren all on its own. Or maybe the wand and then the wand part two. Mm -hmm. They're both good options. You know what? I'll probably do the wand and then the wand part two. But then again, maybe not. But I think that's what's going to happen. But and I'm going to once again save. But until then, whatever it is we end up doing, farewell, fellow adventurous. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.